Hello, my name is John Vanderleek, and alongside me is uh, Pad Summer 2, otherwise just known as Summer. Uh, welcome to Le Learning Commons here at Abbotsford Christian Middle School and High School. Welcome to Another Day in God's Story. This is the Every Square Centimeter podcast, a project of Christian Schools Canada, and we are fired up to have you join us as we tour this beautiful country we call Canada, celebrating and finding inspiration in the people, places, and practices in and around Christian education. In our last stop on our virtual tour of Canada, we spent time in Drayton Christian School, which is in Drayton Valley, Alberta, with Alex Farquhar, as we learned that Darren is our resident Hamacher Schlemmer catalog expert, <laughs> but he wasn't too excited about getting a life-size T-Rex skeleton to live amongst his 21-foot hollyhocks. We learned that international teaching experiences can be an education in and of itself. We learned, and this is just math, that having both spouses apply for a single teaching job, it just doubles your chances of someone in your family getting it. We also learned that Drayton Valley is an oil town with quick, quick access to the Rocky Mountains and a notable incentive for post-secondary education. And we learned that embracing a growth mindset as a teacher, and in Alex's case, her willingness to put all of her teaching practices under review for continued growth can have significant impact on student learning, but maybe more importantly, remind us to approach our students as image bearers of Christ. It was a pleasure visiting with Alex, so go have a listen. But today, we are grateful you've joined us as we're in Abbotsford, British Columbia, and we're going to refer to ourselves as a family, all right? An Abbotsfordian family. John, What how, if I'm from Abbotsford, what am I saying? Abbotsfordian, I think is correct. Yeah. Hey, I think I'm at a 30% rate, so that's pretty good. <laughs> so, and get to get to know our Abbotsfordian family, we're going to start our podcast with the name segment. My name is Jeremy Horlings from the Prairie Center for Christian Education, or PCCE, and alongside me from the Society of Christian Schools in British Columbia, or SCSBC, is Mr. Tot in China, but has never actually been to China, Darren Speaksma. Hey, family. Hey. hey Darren. Darren. Darren, tell us about a memorable overnight trip. All right, so the one that I thought of, uh, one of the traditions in our family when our kids turn 14 is for them to go on um, a week-long camping trip with just their dad. Um, so uh, our youngest decided she wanted to go back to the place she was born. So we uh, did the 16-hour drive or 15-hour drive from Abbotsford to Terrace. So multiple overnight trip, but sort of the highlight of that was um, doing some halibut fishing with friends. And Cameron, my daughter, has been out on the ocean multiple times, never been seasick. And we were flat calm that day, but she was just sick. And But the rule is, like, if you come fishing, we were out there until we catch fish, so seasick or not. Um, so, But what was fascinating about it is as soon as we had a fish on, she stopped being sick. And yeah. she wanted the rod. <laughs> so all day long, as long as we had a fish on, she was doing just fine. But as soon as we went for five or 10 minutes without, uh, without a fish, she would be, you know, spending a little bit of time hanging over the side of the boat. And, but as soon as any of us got a fish on, it stopped immediately and it was like rod to her. And, uh, you know, 
fishtails aside, <clears throat> 110 centimeters was the largest uh, ooh, halibut we caught. So it was a good, it was a good size. We did, we did the calculations because I'm like that, and it was about 400 between four and five hundred dollars worth of uh, halibut in wow. uh, in the one one fish. So that was that's a, a highlight for me as I think of overnight trips. Dan, would it be fair to say that she went just for the halibut? It would be fair to say that, yes. <laughs> I'm just tipping my hand for the future upcoming game we have coming up later. So, hey. All right, uh, Justin, from Advance in Eastern Canada, we have a guy who's been to Ljubljana and back, Justin Cook. Hey, Canada. Oh, oh Canada. Canada. Justin, can you match Darren's halibut trip? Tell us about an overnight trip. I got no halibut. That's uh, that's for sure. Not even a centimeter of it. But <laughs> but I've been on a few memorable overnight trips in my day. Uh, one that came to mind for me was I was teaching at Toronto District Christian High School. <clears throat> Excuse me, and we had a theme week. So we would do a specific theme study, interdisciplinary. It was awesome. One year we did food, and this this year we did the environment. And I. Um, for me, certainly felt like I drew the lucky straw. I got to go back country in the winter for three nights with uh, a group of students during that week. So instead of us being actually at school, we were out in Algonquin Park, which is gorgeous country. And yeah, we had good guides. We were cold camping as opposed to hot tent camping. I don't know if anyone's uh, a winter camper out there, but that means basically you're just in a tent and pretty key to the experience is heating up a hot water Nalgene uh, to put in your sleeping bag for a couple of reasons. First of all, it keeps you warm during the night, which is crucial. But also in the morning, now you've got water because if you don't put something in your uh, sleeping bag, it's going to freeze for sure. So uh, it's a way of actually just keeping water kind of ready and going for the morning cooking. Uh, unfortunately though, one of the kids thought that his like, you know, Gatorade water bottle, or I don't know, just trying to think of like some like plastic, flimsy plastic water bottle was, was all he needed for the trip. So he's putting his hot boiling water in that thing. Well, it lasts like 30 seconds before it just melts or explodes or whatever. And he goes from having a nice warm, toasty sleeping bag to a soaking wet one. <laughs> We're in the middle. Yeah. So, but he, uh, I, I, he survived it. He didn't tell us till the next day. So I don't know. Like, it, it, I assume it was a pretty rough night. So mm-hmm. we worked hard to dry that thing over over the next day. But anyway, trip was awesome. Um, love being in the back country for sure. Uh, winter camping, it kind of takes a bit of a certain type of person, but it's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's, uh, we are in right now in the midst of recording this where it's like minus 35 here, feels like minus 45 and winter camping just does not sound appealing at this moment. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. but I appreciate the teachers that took students out into, mm-hmm. uh, into those situations. Uh, well, very cool. well, you build a snow cave, a Quincy, Jeremy, and no matter if it's minus 50 out, it's going to be zero degrees inside that snow cave. So, uh, wow. when in doubt, pile up snow, hollow it out. Sleep in a Quincy. I, so at this point, I've been staying in my house, but uh, I'll <laughs> give it a try. good to know. Math mm-hmm. facts. Yeah. I think you're going to be out there tonight. Yeah. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> As we heard off the top, we are honored to be welcomed virtually into Abbotsford Christian School by John Vanderleek. Hey, Jeremy. Hi, Justin and uh, Darren. Good to hey. see you. Hey, John. Hey, John. Hi there. 
Uh, John, tell us about a memorable overnight trip. Yeah, uh, for sure. Um, a few years ago, kind of uh, got to live my dream and uh, do our first uh, overnight back or uh, bicycle trip. I went with uh, my wife. Uh, something I wanted to do for a long time. I backpacked before, but we didn't have really good bikes for touring. So, uh, yeah, she said she'd go as long as it was a hotel. Um, I did eventually get her to go camping on, on one of these bike trips. But uh, the first one we did, uh, we uh, left from our front door. That was kind of a dream not to drive anywhere. Hmm. Uh, we biked to Victoria. Wow. Uh, from Victoria, we took a ferry across to uh, Port Angeles on the Olympic Peninsula of Washington. Hmm. And we biked to Port Townsend and then uh, took another ferry uh, to Fort Casey, uh, biked up Woodby Island through Bellingham and right back to Abbotsford. So it was uh, wow. a full, full trip with three ferries and uh, no, no, no cars, just two wheels and a bike. Hmm. It was great. But we wow. did stay in hotels and it was a great time together. Yeah. How, how many how full, long? How, yeah. Yeah. That was my question too, Jeremy. <laughs> yeah, how long of a trip? Uh, I think we did. Uh, yeah. You know what? We, we broke it up pretty, pretty nicely. I think the last couple of days could have been done in one day. I think we were four nights in hotels. So Victoria, okay. Port Angeles, uh, yeah, we, we we broke it up nicely. So we had lots of time to just kind of enjoy cycling, yeah. stopping, uh, seeing things. Yeah, awesome. And the weather Very. was perfect. So there you go. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, I I think I said on the last podcast uh, that uh, I was in South Korea, and maybe season three I'll just be talking about South Korea. And so uh, overnight trip, obviously. But one of the interesting things about flying to South Korea or flying back is I I left at five thirty p.m. on a on a Friday evening in South Korea, and after fifteen hours of flying and um, one layover, I got back to Red Deer, Alberta at. 5 30 p.m friday night and so mm -hmm. that's always a weird weird feeling and i have a question for the group because the podcast is one of the spaces that allows me to figure out the conversations that my wife and i disagree on and so i'm going to pose this to the group <laughs> and see if you can help me while i was gone it was my anniversary and oh. uh my oh. wife says so korea is a day ahead and so she called me on august 10th in korea uh, and said I had forgotten uh, <laughs> our anniversary, and yet it was only August 9th in Red Deer, Alberta. Mm. Mm. And so I'm wondering who, where does where does the date fall in line with celebrating anniversary? Is it where you currently are, or is it where your spouse is? Darren, you look like you got some advice. Well, as someone who also had a similar experience and had a 40-hour 40th birthday... That included Air China giving me a, a, a bottle of champagne when they heard as I walked off the airplane. Um, I would definitively say um, it's your spouse, whatever your spouse wants and thinks. Okay. That's what the, that's what the anniversary is. That's, uh, that's where I'm going uh, with this one, Jeremy. Yeah, I did end up going that route and I had the whole uh, group of uh, that we were working with say happy anniversary to Laura in South Korean and uh, – but when I posted that on Facebook, um, it was August 10th in in uh, in Red Deer or under the Facebook uh, rule. So that's got to be something official. So anyway, for the second half of our opening square, we're going to have our host choose from a variety of segments that we that all rhyme with aim uh, today. John, you've chosen and this is where we do a drum roll, John. So can you give us a drum roll? Uh, I can do my best. Like. How's that? Game. That's perfect. 
All right, for today's game, um, well, I should back up. We've tried some things. Let's just say that. Uh, <laughs> we have tried a game called, what was it? Uh, Yeehaw or Yeehaw? Right. Yeah, we've tried some things. And uh, so today we're, we're, we're continuing in that adventure. We're going to we're going to try, I don't, there's no official name to this game, but we're going <laughs> to rattle off dog, I don't know, puns or dad jokes, like dog connections to school. And, and we'll, we'll hear why that's going to be, we're teasing uh, kind of John's conversation here in a little bit. Um, so, so for example, uh, I'll give you an example. We're looking for something like, what would the star on the football team be called at a dog school? It'd be called the golden receiver. Okay, get the, yeah, Ooh, all right. Good one. Good Some one, groans. Jeremy. Thank you, Golden mm. Retriever. And we're going to see how many bad, just we're just going to rattle off um, in a minute, you know, or two minutes, like see how many we can get just one after another. Okay, uh, Justin, I have you first on my list. Are you ready to go? And the basic game is we're a group, <laughs> or as a team today. There's no winners or losers. It's just we are going to win as a team or lose as a team. And I have a feeling yeah. I know what we're going to get as a team in this one. But Justin... <laughs> Justin, start us off. Ready. Okay. I'll go from bad to better. Here's my first one. A teacher dog who really likes its coffee is not a pug, but a mug. mug. Yeah. (laughs) That's one for us. Great job, Darren. (laughs) Okay. Nice work. John, what do you got? Okay. uh, What breed was sent to the office or for sort of circle for treating kids badly? Uh, pit bull, <laughs> no, not uh, pit bulling. Oh, no, it didn't yes. work. Sorry, fail, fail. <laughs> I, don't, I, know. I don't know if I know. <laughs> one for two, that's okay. That's, that's still okay. Fine. Yeah, Darren. All right. Um, what breed is great at making pasta in home ec, home economics, or culinary arts? A labranoodle. Oh, that's better than mine. There's actually a breed <laughs> called Bolognese. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, also, also starting more cheesier. Uh, <laughs> what would a greedy student or dog say to another student as they are stealing away their cafeteria treat? Um, have an ease. <laughs> no? <laughs> okay. I, I got one. Okay. Mine, this is better. Uh, what did... What did the international student from Dublin uh, position did he play on the volleyball team? Oh, man. The Irish setter. Irish setter. Irish setter. <laughs> yes. 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 A little better than my last one. <laughs> okay. Not in, a that, lot. in line with that one, uh, if David Smith were a dog teaching at a school, he would be a German language shepherd. <laughs> 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 don't oh, tell david smith i said that i was gonna say we'll see uh, get him uh <laughs> get him listen to this episode for sure yeah, yeah. <laughs> we love all right you, david all right my second um what breed would use pe physical education to prep for the summer olympics the boxer <laughs> Ooh. Okay. okay yeah okay nice uh what would a second language class be called how about talker espanol? Talker spaniel? Talker espanol? No. <laughs> that would like, hurt. We're going. We're going real languages here. That's pretty good. Okay, so this is the straight name of the breed. A kid or a dog who needs to stay home sick is a husky. 
<laughs> like you sound husky. I love, I love that Jeremy is just giggling. <laughs> well, don't, even know. don't even know. Okay, got it. John, you got another one out there? Uh, let me think. Uh, give me give me a little more time. Someone else. Okay, All right, Darren? I got one. This is the last one I got. Um, which breed is fantastic at geography? The Border Terrier. Oh, nice. Okay. <laughs> Okay, which I, I I'm ready. Okay, uh, oh, nice it's not job. great. It's not it's not great, but uh, what which breed uh, loves going to the cafeteria? The Chow Chow. Oh yes. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. John, John, when we were giving examples, you gave us a good one. What's what's your? Oh well, yeah. Your... Uh, well, I have a couple. Uh, what? Which? Uh, which? What? What dog? What does a dog call all its work? Uh, all writing pieces. It's rough draft. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah, nice. And uh, and where do dogs? Um, where do dog staff always go to park their cars? The barking lot. Anyway, nice. Oh, yeah. that's yeah. good. That's good. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, come on, Darren. Any uh, last ones? I got one more. Anyone else? I, mine are way worse than that. I'm I'm going to leave John for my last word. All right. What would a what would a poster in the hallway say warning the dangers of narcotics? You're going to be don't one do sick pugs. puppy. Oh, I was going to don't, say you're going to be do one, pugs. Sick, one sick puppy. <laughs> don't do <laughs> pugs. I've got to end there. Just, <laughs> just going to walk away. So now, <laughs> listeners, share with us some fun dog-related dad jokes, mom jokes, oh. puns by tweeting at us at every square centimeter, every square CM, or message us on Instagram. We're going to transition from our opening square to the part of our podcast where we learn a little bit about places in Canada and celebrate the people and practice in Christian education. But before we do, here's a word from our sponsor. My name is Michelle Huda, and I am an ESL teacher at Trinity Christian School in Burlington, Ontario. Last year, we were in our third lockdown, looking for a way to keep our classes physically active, emotionally engaged, and spirit-filled. We found what we were searching for in Edgedale Go School Edition. Staff and students easily navigated the program's comprehensive online platform, tracking our fitness accomplishments and donations, all the while expanding our knowledge about girls' education in the Dominican Republic and Zambia. We were overjoyed to know the real-world impact we were having on something we believe in, which is giving generously and furthering Christ-centered education around the world. If you are interested in participating in Edgedale Go School Edition this year, please contact Lori Koning by emailing schools at edgedale.com. As we heard off the top, John teaches at Abbotsford Christian School in Abbotsford, British Columbia, Canada. Justin, curious, what did you find out about Abbotsford? And before you go, there's a little more pressure I think you're feeling because we have a couple Abbotsford experts on with Darren and John. Justin, what do you got? I am feeling the pressure. Well, I'm going to start with a Hulkaminum greeting, a swale. We acknowledge the Abbotsford School District, or Abbotsford Christian School, sorry, is located on the traditional and unceded territory of the Stalo people, the Samath and Matsky First Nations. And with this, we respect the longstanding relationships that Indigenous nations have to the land as they are the original caretakers. I'm curious, do you guys know what uh, the Hulkaminum uh, word Stalo means in English? I believe it's translates? people of the river. Mm -hmm. I think so, yeah. Yeah, oh. river. 
So Stalo typically means river, but when it refers to the nation, it's the river people. Absolutely. The first traces traces of a people living in the Fraser Valley dates back 8,000 to 10,000 years ago. And I, I don't know about you guys, but that's like mm-hmm. just kind of incomprehensible. So I tried to like think about mm-hmm. what that means. I One way I thought about it was the Torah was written. The actual five, first five books of the Bible were written around 500 BC, mm-hmm. they think. So if we think about that, that's like, you know, 2,500 years ago. And we're talking 8,000 to 10,000 years, the original peoples in the Fraser Valley region. These early inhabitants of the area were highly mobile hunter-gatherers. In spring and early summer, they came to hunt land and sea mammals such as deer, elk, and seal. And then they also fished for salmon, stickleback, ulicon. Ulican. Am I saying that right? Ulican, yep. Yeah. Ulican. And sturgeon. And then they also gathered shellfish. And their social structure was egalitarian and family-based. And uh, I'm personally a huge fan of attachment theory, uh, the way kids feel a sense of secure attachment around the adults that care for them, especially parents. But in my research in attachment theory, uh, there is no better um, social structure than small band Mm hunter-gatherers for children to attach in a healthy way with adults. So... Much of my research talks about exactly what the Stalo people did, which is these small bands of hunter-gatherers as the best child-rearing structure for children. Um, And the fact that their social structures were egalitarian and family-based just sounds Mm -hmm. exactly right. So they harvested resources of the land and rivers through fishing, foraging, and hunting. Colonial development started in Abbotsford as part of a gold rush. So if we just think about that, kind of, you know, very abrupt transition. You've got this small band hunter-gatherer for thousands and thousands of years. And then the Europeans come looking for gold. It just seems a little hollow somehow to me. But along the Fraser Fraser River in 1858, guys, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, the internet says about 160,000 residents in Mm. Abbotsford right now or 159. And I was struck by the fact that, so they say about 55% of Abbotsford is of European descent. And uh, breaking that more specifically, about 12% of Abbotsford is Mennonite. And that just struck me as like, in in what other city in Canada would it be remotely that high? I, I, I didn't research that question, but it just seems astronomically high. Southern it's Manitoba is the only other place where you get that that sort of percentage right right, right. steinbeck yeah, what's knows? the what's the population percentage in steinbeck yeah yeah totally okay cool and then 30 percent of uh, abbey are south asian so uh, a lot of indian and pakistani and other south asian nations and then the next largest people group is actually first nations at around 4.6 so you see a really significant transition from european south asian and then indigenous uh, back to South Asian, uh, the Gursik Temple located on 33089. How, how, how do you get like with that kind of high number? 33089? Yeah, corresponds uh, to the thir- 330th block. So like, it, it, it's, it's 330th street or whatever. So that. So how would you say it? 33089? 33089. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, fair enough. Fair. Uh, it's the oldest Sikh temple in North America, which is pretty cool. Built in 1908, opened in 1911. There was one in Vancouver that's close, but it burned down, actually. And so this one is now the oldest. There was a special guest, a uh, different religion, special guest in 1984, John or Darren. Anybody, either of you know who came to visit? There was a big outdoor worship service at the airport. 200,000 people attended a mass with Pope oh, John Paul wow. II. Did not know that. Me neither. In in 1984. So if we think the whole city, right. 159,000 now, would have been smaller back then. So the whole city and more converged at the airport for the worship service. Uh, sorry to throw mud at your face here, but uh, there's another event that was pretty, uh, in, made Abbotsford a bit infamous. In, 19, in June 2013, the city spread chicken manure yes, on a homeless kid. Yeah located in the city do you guys actually have any yeah, recollection a little embarrassing of that i think for a lot of people that that city officials decided to deal with homelessness that way it's quite something the the mayor did apologize so I, you guys are welcome to take over the story but the mayor apologized and they tried to respond with at least what i'm seeing online is you know a pretty significant homeless action plan so they tried to actually you know treat the problem more maturely with actual policy or structure um but I was just struck by that. I was like, whoa. Um, but I also want to, I want a silver lining here. I don't know if you're aware of this, but StatsCan says that um, Abbotsford is the most generous city mm-hmm. as well by, by charitable donation and has been for wow. nine straight years, according to Wikipedia, which is pretty amazing. And then lastly, it's the blank capital of Canada. What What's the Barry, blank? Barry. Guesses? The, the Barry character. And is it a specific berry? Like, Do you guys I would know, say or is it all berries? Yeah. But uh, that's my guess, yeah. It's crazy. They're everywhere. I'm going to go with Hascap? Hascap. No, not a lot of Hascap berries. Okay. Blackberries, <laughs> uh, when I was walking around some of that space, there's yeah, lots of yeah, blackberries. Uh, Justin, just to fact check, uh, I'm not sure if you're done there, but uh, Mennonite, uh, 50% of the residents claiming German heritage in Steinbeck, Manitoba. Uh, yeah. So 50 there you go. Uh, John, curious, uh, how did you end up in Abbotsford? Yeah, so uh, this would be, let me see, uh, about 21, 22 years ago, uh, we were living in Walnut Grove. I was at Surrey Christian School. It was a great job, but uh, we were in a townhouse and we had a, th- a third child coming and we thought we could afford a regular house with a backyard and so on and live close to school so that I could walk. Um in Abbotsford. So I, I applied at Abbotsford Christian School and got a job there. Uh, interestingly enough, after three years, I uh, applied for a, a VP position at Langley Christian School. So for 17 years, I, I taught three years at Abbotsford Christian and then uh, drove back to Langley for 17 years and just recently, second year back at Abbotsford Christian School. So now I walk every day to school hmm. and it's with summer and it's the best. Uh, I love it. Wouldn't trade it for anything. What, what's your favorite thing about Abbotsford? Uh, I think there's a great, uh, well, I, I like to ride my bike, you know that a little bit. Um, there's just great country roads that I can drop down from where we live and be on quiet country roads for cycling. And there's some great trails for running and walking. Yeah, a lot. I love that. Uh, the only drawback is we're farther from Vancouver and we do like to go to Vancouver. So that's that's a drawback. It's, it's a bit of a drive to get to Vancouver. 
John, do you have a, a favorite place at Abbotsford Christian School? Oh, you know what? We're in a kind of a new build here. We've just been in it for just just under a year as, as for some of it, and uh, it's the Learning Commons. It's a it's a it's a big space that we can use for uh, during the week. Our library is incorporated into the space. Um, there's there's comfortable seating for kids to have lunch, to play games, um, to gather both high school and middle school during their breaks. Um, yeah, it's a really beautiful place, and I think the kids love it. Staff love it, and uh, we use it for chapel as well. It's it's called the Learning Commons, yeah, and it it's kind of a space that links the middle and the high school together. That is, uh, I have the opportunity to be in quite a few schools in in our positions, and Abbotsford Christian, that new build and that building is one of my favorites. It is beautiful aesthetically and intentionally and thematically, and yeah, so. Um, yeah, just a wonderful job, and uh, seems like a great place to be to be working. Uh, besides summer holidays, right? Of course, that's that's a big one. What what got you interested in teaching? Well, Jeremy, I I, I had pretty pretty good school experience myself. I, I enjoyed uh, my years in school, but there were there were probably more. Um, I, I would like to connect more with adults with feel more at home at school. And I, and I, I really was pulled to schools because I, I thought I, I want to make a difference. I want to connect with kids. I want to make school a place where everyone feels connected, welcomed. Um, yeah. So yeah, I was drawn, drawn to being a teacher that would yeah encourage that kind of feeling in kids and that they'd want to be there, that they'd want to learn that adults care about them. Compare that to your own experience, John, how do you talk about your own experience as a student? kind of in light of that that passion or, or, or desire for connection did was it a good experience for you was it a challenging one what was it like yeah for you I wouldn't say it was overly uh, ever negative I, I can't say that um, but 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 was there a bit of a divide with with a lot of teachers yes um, there was was I didn't feel super connected to all my homeroom teachers in elementary mm-hmm. and, and and it wasn't that they were unkind or I just I just I had a feeling that it could be better and I wanted to be part of that mm. story to make, make this place uh, kids feel connected. And, and uh, yeah, that's, that's been kind of something I work hard at. You, uh, you welcomed us uh, with summer at the very start of the podcast here. Can you, can you tell us a bit about your passion, how it intersects with, uh, with a, a, a specific canine that we were getting to know and to love? Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was one of those things, you know, yeah, you, you, it was a, a few years back. Um, I'd come across information about pads, dogs over, over the years. Um, pads is Pacific assistant, assistant dog society. Uh, it's Western Canada. It's in there's, they train dogs here in Vancouver and, uh, Kelowna and Calgary. Um, didn't really think it was a possibility for me to get such a dog. Uh, they, they, they breed them, they train them, they raise them. And then uh, they get placed with with clients. And I kind of looked on their website one day. You know how that goes. You're kind of wondering what what to what to work on today, and uh, something different to kind of excite you. Um, and I saw the application there, and I, I on a whim I thought I'm going to do this. I'm going to apply, and uh, really didn't expect to get a, f- a call back so quickly. And, and I did, and uh, yeah, went through the whole process, and it's a, it's a long process. Um, but eventually I got uh, Summer placed with me. She still belongs to them. Uh, she's theirs until um, 
until she retires and I get first, first, uh, first dibs on adopting her, but they put a lot there. There's numbers you hear like $40,000 put into training and breeding and all that, uh, that they put into the dog. So if you, if I were to discontinue, not, not continue with her, they'd want her back and place her with someone else. You said, sorry, you said, um, it, it took a while. Um, so a couple of questions, first of all, how long did the process take? Um, and then second of all, um, how old would summer be when she's like, is this her first, are you her first, is there a name? There's probably a proper name. Uh, yeah. First client. uh, Yeah. Or first hand, I'm her her handler, I guess. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so her story is a little interesting. She, um, yeah, it's about three years of training. They, they, okay. so different families, um, raise them and they're, they're, they're really intentional with the training from day one. And it's not just, um, yeah, it's, it's not just, uh, commands, but also just that they, they can't be, um, they can't be alert barking. They can't be afraid. They have to be calm. Um, so it takes about three years. She was placed f- for one year with somebody that, um, she was an assistant dog for us, so someone that had a disability. And uh, for whatever reason, he didn't continue with her. So she went back to pads. And then uh, so uh, I, she was four years old when I got her. I've had okay. her for two and a half years now. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So uh, the process, yeah, was, I guess, about a year and a half. Um, so first, they it was before COVID. They came to see me. Um, they wanted to see me and my job. They wanted to see what kind of uh, position I had and what kind of dog would suit me. So I, I remember one dog I met was Hero. He was kind of a big lug of a black lab, but not very energetic. And uh, so they thought that wouldn't be necessarily a good fit because I'm up and around, moving around the building. Uh, he might be reluctant to actually get up more often. And uh, so they, they checked that out. And then, uh, yeah, they, they uh, normally, but then COVID hit, they would have come to see me in my home and see our house and our yard and our family. Uh, they didn't do that. Um, and then... And then I worked with several dogs um, and Summer was one of them. And then at the end of that process, they said, hey, we'd like to place Summer with you. Do you think that's a good fit? We think it's a good fit. And I could say yes or no. And I said yes. And uh, if I had said no, they would have tried to find another match. So I I love that, John. Um, I'm reflecting a little bit on um, trying to decide whether that is a lesson for us as we're hiring staff, the amount of time <laughs> that they put into selecting you as the, as the handler and maybe yeah. as schools, uh, we need to do more work uh, on that. And is there something to learn there? But then I'm also just struck by the fact that it feels a little bit like, uh, like dating yeah, and yeah. Uh, the dating you were doing with the right choice. And of course um, I have the benefit of um, summer improving my life. John and I, Often we'll go for walks in the evening, and one of the highlights of the walk is John uh, gives her her own leash to carry and releases her to come meet me. And there's something about a dog running up to you and meeting you, and um, you know. And so that's you know that's the power of dogs. And I guess obviously this is a passion of yours, John. And I'd love to hear a little bit more about um, what this looks like at school, mm-hmm. and. Um, Maybe even how working with Summer um, ties to the school's mission and vision and how you're able to live out the school's mission and vision, um, being Summer's handler and watching Summer work, which is also a highlight for me when I do get to visit the school. I don't get to visit often, but when I do, um, the mm. chance to watch Summer work is uh, is a pretty, a pretty neat thing. So yeah, if you could just kind of live into some of those 
I know I got about three questions there, John, yeah. but uh, yeah, let, it's let all me, tied um, together. Yeah, so I, I could read to you uh, our 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 what it's just outside my office here. I can I can see it in the Commons. It's right right at the entrance of the Commons. Uh, you are welcome here. Abbotsford Christian School is a Christ-centered community of people who believe that diversity is a part of God's design and enriches our community. We strive to reflect Christ, recognizing our imperfection. We aspire to be a place of belonging and safety. Through authentic connections, we commit to the communal task of creating a culture of grace, dignity, respect, and truth. Uh, so yeah, I think that those authentic connections, Summer is kind of a bridge for me there. Um, she she allows me to connect with kids that I might not normally connect with um, because, she, yeah, I think people are kind of soften their edges a little bit. They feel disarmed um, when you have a dog with them. Uh, there are a few kids that do, uh, when they first meet Summer, feel a little reluctant because she's a dog and some, not everyone's comfortable with dogs. But I would say to one, the kids do say hi to Summer now and connect with her. Um, so... Some of the things I do, I, I try to get out in the morning when kids are first entering the building. I try to be there. If the weather's nice, I might be outside as well. Um, and I'm just in the in the foyer. Kids come by. Some will just give her a little pat as they walk by. Others will stop and talk and pet her. Other ones will do their, you know, chat with her and and me. So uh, she just, yeah, she's she's there at the beginning of the day. I, I have her out at breaks, often in the commons. I'm there at the end of the day in the hallways too, trying to be there when kids get goodbye. Um, some kids, all they do ever do is just just give her a little pat as they walk by and or say hi, Summer. Um, and it's a bit of a joke for most kids because they 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 go they say hi, Summer, and then they'll go, oh, hi, Mister Vanderly, and like mm -hmm. they, they, they play they play they play to that now. <laughs> they they know because all if they just say hi, Summer, I'll say hey. So, um, but I'm, I, I tell I'm totally okay with that because yeah, she's just. I think for a lot of kids, she's just um, a gentle. Uh, and yeah, I mean, you guys remember being in middle schoolers. Um, you're you're just you're just always wondering if you're if everything's right. Is your hair, your shoes, is your clothing? Are you doing things right? Summer doesn't really care at all. Um, and so I think that's just that un, um, unjudgmental, non-judgmental acceptance that Summer has. Um, I'm just reading this book right now called. Uh, and then they stopped talking to me. I don't know if you've heard of this book by uh, Judith Warner. It's about middle school. And then they stopped talking to me. So that's just like stories of kids and uh, adults remembering middle school and just having a day where the group of friends that they thought they had just stopped talking to them. They couldn't figure it out. And mm. uh, I'd like to think that summer maybe helps kids when they, they, hard things happen to them at school or at home. Yeah. John, you hinted at a little bit there where you talked about, you know, there are some kids that maybe are apprehensive about uh, dogs. And mm -hmm. uh, I'm just curious what struggles maybe you've faced in introducing uh, summer to your school or having summer around. Yeah. Uh, I guess the biggest struggle was at first when uh, somebody said, well, you're going to let, like, you're going to let parents know about this. Right. And you're going to like, it was the summer. And I thought, Oh man, like I didn't even, I didn't even enter my, thinking that I'd have to kind of break that uh, to people so that, you know, that, um, and, and it was not an issue. Like I mean, there, there, there were a couple of kids like I was in elementary for, before I came to the middle school and, and there were kids that would be, um, just, just kind of very carefully give her a little pat. And then over time, 
they were just right in there with her. There was one middle school student like that last year. He he's like I I I, I don't, I don't I'm, I'm afraid of dogs. And he by the end he was he was a little pat and then a little scratch and then now he's he's totally fine with her. So in fact I think she's kind of done that for a few kids too. Maybe they're not afraid not afraid of all dogs, but they're definitely can see that some dogs are okay. So she does break that down mm-hmm. too a little bit. John, can you you that was really helpful just to think about you know you making summer present and available at kind of high social times like beginning and end of day and and lunch etc but like what what does it what does the day look like for you does abbotsford pay you just to hang out with a dog all day like that sounds pretty epic (laughs) pretty amazing yeah so just give me a little bit of a sense of like your role specifically as a handler but also as an educator at I would say that I do all things that I would normally do as a vice principal and as a teacher that I, that, that anyone does. Um, but I choose to bring summer along with me for those tasks. Mm. And there are times when I don't bring her with me. There are times when I just, I leave her and she's happy to sleep under my desk because let's be honest, dogs can sleep 14 hours or more a day. So she's quite happy to take a snooze under my desk. So uh, Monday morning, first block, I teach two, our t- first two, two blocks I teach uh, in the classroom. I teach uh, grade seven and eight music appreciation, which is re- actually really fun. Um, and sometimes she comes with me, sometimes she doesn't. When I don't bring her with me, the kids ask, where's Summer? Like, you know, I, these, and so I, she just flops down on the floor in front of the class. Um, I do teach uh, physical education too, and most times she does not come with me, but they ask me, why aren't you bringing Summer to the gym? Well, just it's not the best place for her in the gym, but uh, yeah. So, you know, before and after school, I, I mean, my job is is as a as a school leader is yeah is is um, I, I do I do have I do have behavior issues. I work with kids, and uh, they come to my office. I said, well, do you want to come talk with me in my office? Summer's there. Is that okay? Or would you rather meet over here in the hallway? And they're like, no, no, let's go. And I think she just helps with that even that conversation. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's everything you would do as a, as a school leader and as a teacher, you just, summer comes with me on mm-hmm. those things. Yeah. I did. Uh, you mentioned music appreciation and I do, did see Darren twitch a little bit, uh, when you mentioned uh, that we, yeah, yeah. Well, he those, twitched. What, did, what does that mean, Darren? Well, <laughs> apparently he was, uh, he went through the music appreciation, uh, uh, stream rather than the uh, music oh, yeah. stream. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, yeah. Um, so curious, uh, John, in terms of, um, how you think about, uh, introducing or, th- you know, reflecting on this idea of summer, uh, being part of your life there, like, where do you see God at work in your own life in the classroom, in the school? And, you know, have you wrestled with this idea of even how summer comes, comes into that, that, uh, integrating? Well, I, I think, uh, definitely do- dogs. I mean, you know, there's a, we don't deserve dogs or whatever. They're, they're, they're a huge gift. Uh, pets are a huge gift. Uh, animals are. I mean, I, I don't know if you guys have heard of the book, uh, Last Child in the Woods. Uh, it's all about outdoor education and, and, and putting kids in outdoor spaces and how kids, there, there's a lot of educational reasons to bring kids outside, right? Um, and in some ways, I think we're, we're, by bringing summer inside, we're bringing some of nature inside the school. It's just... You, it's hard to feel you you feel less stressed or you feel more calm when you go for a walk in the woods right like you feel okay you kind of put things in perspective um 
I think having summer in school is a little bit like that. I think it's a it's part of God's creation that enters the building. Now she's bred, she's a Labrador retriever. I mean, there's a lot of human fingerprints on a breed like a Labrador retriever, but in the end, I think there is uh, that it's, a dog is a gift. It's uh, it's one of the gifts of creation. And yeah, mm. I, I don't want to sound sacrilegious here, John, or put words into your mouth, but um, what I love about summer and many dogs, but summer in particular because of her training. Um, in many ways, her, the attributes she shares in the community are a model of of who Jesus was and Jesus's presence, this calm, faithful, affirmative presence in the lives of, um, I feel like we got something to learn from dogs like summer, I guess. And I just love that this part of creation is, is doing God's work at Abbotsford Christian. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. You've talked quite a bit about this already, but is there a specific story or two around sort of that regular rhythms in the week that you've discussed where you've really seen summer shine or have that, that positive faithful presence, um, in the lives of students. Yeah. You know, uh, and when I, when I first got summer, it was in elementary school and I thought, you know, she was, she was great. There, there are, you know, there's, there's, there are children that are reluctant to come to school on any given day. She can be a silver bullet, you know, for for that those pro- those those mm. problems, um, those opportunities of trying to get kids in the school. Um, you know, what once you come say hi to summer and and whatever. Um, but you know, I think I didn't realize at the time, but I think middle school kids really really appreciate her almost almost more. Um, so this year, you know, our middle school is unique. We have grade five in our middle school, so they came over from the elementary. I met I met the the grade fives when they were grade four before they came to visit and uh, they, they all got to see summer too. And, and I think for that whole cohort of students, and there's probably 90 of them or so, they, yeah, that was like something that they, they knew that was going to be at the middle school. Summer's going to be there. And those first days, boy, she was, she was a real big hit for those kids. I think there's some anxiousness and some stress and some nervousness. And uh, there was that one thing that that was one thing for some kids that really helped that transition. So I'd say for for new students, um, even even actually um, families when they tour the school before they attend here, so older students like that transfer here from other schools, um, summer can kind of just be some a known for them, someone that something that knows them and they know that. And yeah, there's a lot of one-offs. Uh, you know, there's one boy uh, a few weeks back. He was bound to determined he was wanted to go home. He just he didn't want to be at school. He just did not. He, I want to go home. I want to go home. And I walked out there and I said, you know, let's, let's go back. And, uh, I said, do you want to hold the leash? And yeah, he, he and I, and Summer, he holding the leash, walked back to school and I, 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 he helped that situation. So there's a lot of things that you can't measure though. I honestly, I I would, I would love to see if there probably has been somebody that's done studies on, on what dogs can do for school, but you know, like what's, what's measurable. I don't know. I'd like to, it's hard to measure a lot of, a lot of her effect, but there's a lot of positive. John, you have um, in your notes, she can sense those that need it and will go to those in need. And I, I would, I just would wonder if you could tell us a little bit about what you meant by that. It just, it's such a curious line and such an um, intriguing line. I'm not sure Justin where you were going. So I, if you're going there and apologize, but I think it fits really well in the end of this, this response. Well, it's, it's tricky, right? Because there are protocols on how you how you use the dog, and I, I don't let her walk freely in the hallways, just going up to up to people. So, if if she did, um, 
I think she would have more opportunity to find those students. But uh, I, 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 yeah, I, I really do sense that she senses which students can kind of and goes to them a little bit. And, and one of the the gifts of a pads dog is that they they don't they they can kind of release the stress too. Because I think they they say this for therapy horses as well that they they take on the emotions of the person that they're hanging out with, and um, that stress could build up over time. But she, she seems to be able to release that with a little bit of play and she's back at it. So, um, yeah, I guess I think we do it together, actually. Like, um, so for chapel, I kind of I look for the, the student that might need to have her sit beside them in chapel. Um, and then I'll, I'll have her sit down beside them. And uh, so you want to hold a leash? Do you want to just have her sit beside you? And, and, and yeah, certain kids just love that. So, yeah, I think we do that together. But, I, yeah, she can sense, I think, a little bit of the students that are having tough days. Or actually staff members maybe as well. Mm. Well, that starts to hint at my last question, John, which is, um, you know, you're spending a significant amount of time with this Jesus presence dog. And I mean that very sincerely as well. I think about the way Richard Rohr talks about his dog, Venus, who has passed on actually. And, and the way Richard Rohr talks about the importance of the Eucharist as Christ's presence in very mundane things. And I guess I'm just wondering, John, like, no one spends more time with summer than you. And can you give a bit of a, can you like pull the curtain back a little bit and what's like, how has this relationship with this animal changed you or yeah, just give us a sense of what summer means to you personally, not professionally, but just what, what surprises you about summer's impact in your own life? Well, at first I'll, 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 uh, I'll say at first it wasn't always easy. Um, I don't know. I kind of, compared to first learning to drive a, a, a manual transmission, right? Like you're just every, you're thinking about every time you're, you're oh yeah, clutch in, right. shift, clutch out. Oh no, what's a hill? What am I going to do now? You know? And that's a great at, analogy. At first that's I was well like, done. oh man, this is a, it's a bit of a, not a negative, but it was a bit of a burden. Like, how am I going to, like, I don't want to waste this resource. Mm-hmm. I want to do well. I, she's highly trained. I don't want to screw it up. Like, you know, and when do I bring her out when I don't like, okay, I have a meeting now. And, uh, do I bring her with me and put her under the boardroom table or do I leave her in my office? How do people view her? Like not everyone's necessarily going to like the idea of a dog. They think it might be, uh, they might think it's silly or whatever. I, do, I certainly don't. But, um, I, I once, uh, at, at my old school, I, I had a meeting with somebody and, um, I knew this person wasn't a big dog person. So I, I said to the, our, our admin assistant, I said, do you mind? And she loves summer. Uh, do you mind having summer by, by you while I have this meeting? So uh, I left her with, with the uh, admin assistant. And then I went into my meeting and uh, summer, because she was an assistant dog with somebody that uh, had was disabled, she could open and close doors if they're lever door handles, right? So she, and to, to open a door, like to pull it open, she needs to have a rope on it. But to get in, like she can push the door open, pull the handle down and push it open. So anyways, I went in this meeting with a person that wasn't a huge dog person. And uh, some reason, the admin assistant kind of left her for a minute. And there she came. She came in, opened the door and walked right in. And it was, I, I thought it was pretty funny. This person, not a dog person, didn't love it. But I thought it was pretty cool. And she just said, like, I'm coming in. You can't keep me out. Um, so I don't remember your question. <laughs> yeah john I, i'm curious too the how has i'm, I'm curious how how a, 
someone like Summer, um, and I think Pat's, I have a, uh, I think I mentioned before, a, a Bernie's lab mix, and uh, um, they are they perform powerful relationships with myself and my kids. How, how has Summer maybe changed you, or what kind of impact has she had on you? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, um, always wanted a dog, never really had a dog as a kid. Um, so love loved having a dog, and uh, my wife's not a huge fan, but of dogs in general, but huge fan of Summer. But uh, you know, the arguments for having a Summer, like she she couldn't win this one, right? Because like the old arguments, well, who's going to have the dog when we're at work? Like we both work outside the home, kids go to school. Well, summer comes to work with me, you know, well, who's going to, who's going to train this dog fully trained, right? Like, so none of those arguments, uh, the, the family's a huge, huge fans. Um, you were talking about Korea. My daughter is uh, teaching in Korea and part of, I mean, we, we connect with her almost daily, but it's, it's always, you know, they want to see summer. They, when they come, my, uh, youngest just came home from King's university on Monday night. And, uh, yeah, she's, she's a big part of the kids' lives. Um, I walk to school with her every day. It's, it's a kilometer and a half each way. And, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just, it's good. I love spending time with her. Um, the other day we, I walk up a, a big set of stairs that connects the school neighborhood to the neighborhood where we live. And the other day I was, uh, yeah, you know, you talk to yourself and sometimes you talk to your dog and there was a guy sitting on the steps. It was dark early in the morning. I didn't see him and I'm talking to her and, uh, all of a sudden there's a guy on the steps. He probably thought I was losing it, but anyway, I have conversations with her. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a joy. It's not a burden at all. Um, but yeah, it's work. You gotta, I gotta, I gotta pay for her vet bills. I gotta pay for her food and all those things. They want me to brush her teeth. I brush her teeth every school day, uh, before school. Mm. So with banana toothpaste, uh, uh-huh. but yeah, no, it was either that or beef. I thought banana <laughs> sounded better, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's, it's <laughs> good to have a, it's good to have a, a, a colleague, a four-footed colleague. Yeah, nice. John, uh, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about that we didn't get a chance to ask you? Um, no, just I, I guess the fact that she's so highly trained um, and knows all these tasks or tricks, um, it's it's huge joy for the kids, right? She she has one thing that she can do. She can say, I can say, pick one. I put two two hands in front of her and she'll, she'll pick one in my hand. So we do math together and... Uh, I have a way that I know, I know which hand she'll go to. So I asked the kids math, she asked her math questions and she, uh, it's a, it's multiple choice of two answers and she gets it right every time. Like, <laughs> she's like, what? But anyway, yeah, no, she's, she's lots of fun. John, uh, thank you so much for sharing, uh, this part of your teaching journey. We're going to transition to something we call our celebration of learners. On the Every Square Centimeter website, we have an ever-growing gallery that we call our Celebration of Learners. It is populated with wonderful people that have joined us on our podcast, shared a bit of their journey, and have been forced to listen to us read off some nice things about themselves from someone they work with. And before we get to that, I think this will be the first time that a dog will be present as part of the Celebration of, of Learners. So that's exciting. Uh, today, Darren, I believe, believe you've tracked down a, a, a celebration of uh, learners letter from Mike Kamiski, the middle school principal at Abbotsford Christian School. Yes, I do. Um, here is what Mike wrote. It's not very often a new principal. I believe this is Mike's first year, correct, John? That is correct. Yeah. yeah. So it's not very often a new principal gets to team up with someone with the experience 
like John Vanderleek and Summer. It's very apparent that John is the eye candy for Summer. Many students like John and love Summer, and that's the way it should be. Summer is an icebreaker, a non-judgmental presence. And together, they provide kids, often the most overshadowed kids, a sense of belonging and safety. Someone once said that a dog takes on the personality of the owner and vice versa. This is true. Both are approachable, kind, disciplined, and love food. But what is truer (laughs) still, you can always teach an old dog new tricks. Summer is always willing to learn, adapt, and respond to almost anything we throw at her, both literally and figuratively. And well, John, he's coming along too. (laughs) John, thanks for all you do, and thanks for bringing Summer into our lives, Mike. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I'm just, yeah, Mike, that's the kind words from him. And I, I know that he appreciates summer as well. Uh, he's, he's been done a great job as first year principal. So I'm thankful for him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's- uh, John, John, if uh, anyone wants to connect with you, how could they do that? Oh yeah. Call, uh, email me. Don't uh, email me at jvanderleek at abbotsfordchristian.com. Cause that's my wife's email. She got <laughs> here first. So she got the J. I'm John Vanderleek, J-O-H-N-V-A-N-D-E-R-L-E-E-K at abbotsfordchristian.com. So that's a long email, but that's my email address. Awesome. Listeners, we'd love to hear uh, from you as well. So email us at everysquarecentimeter at gmail.com. That's an R-E at the end of centimeter. We'd love to have your feedback or maybe you have an educator we should celebrate or maybe an educator's pet that we should celebrate. Uh, we also would just appreciate if you rate, review, subscribe to our podcast. Uh, Darren, before we send us off with a blessing, I want to thank you, John and Summer. Uh, Summer is present, um, actually, in the room with John, but has been trained to not – John, do you want to explain, like, trained to not speak or – Yeah, yep. Uh, yeah, the – you know, Summer will, will when she's running with other dogs, she will bark. But otherwise, she's quite, uh, yeah, alert barking is a big, big no-no for okay. a service dog. That could really scare, uh, throw people off. So we don't, we don't want her barking. So she, she, she won't bark uh, ever. I mean, I think she's, in my two and a half years with her, once under my desk, she did one bark, and I don't know if it was a dream or not she was having. But uh, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> Well, I want to thank uh, you, John, and, and Summer for hosting our family today. And I'm going to ask if anyone knows what group of, group of animal forms a family. Uh, so what group of animals form a family in the Abbotsford area? Darren, I'm going to go to you first. Just, you're from Abbotsford. I think I think this is probably incorrect, but there is a family of raccoons that I fight with every fall because they want to get to the harvest before me. So, and it's definitely a family. Like okay. there's a big one with small ones. So I think that <laughs> that categorizes as a family. And we could go into raccoon speaks my battle stories at some point, which I won't right now. But that's what I'm going with raccoon. Sounds like a conversation for the campfire. Justin, what do you got? Well, maybe this is more mission than Abbotsford, but I just feel like is there – and maybe – I don't know. I just want to bring it up because it's so fascinating to me, but it doesn't strike me as a family. But I'm going bobcats. Oh, yeah. 
Well, we went. We wasn't went that ta- last episode. Well, no, what? it was a links. It was a links. Oh, a it links. was links last okay. time. Yeah. Oh, so, my memory's yeah. terrible. <laughs> he's not going. He's not going in the cat family. Two two episodes in a row. No, oh, would, would never do it. Would never do it. I don't know, John. What do you think, family? Uh, coyotes. I think they're pretty uh, familial. Yeah. 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 Uh, so no one got it today. Um, we're gonna go today to Canada's national animal. Oh. The beaver. The beaver. Ah. A family of beavers. And I'll read off a couple of uh, facts that uh, most people would already know, but it'll lead into the question. Beavers are one of the few animals that modify their habitat, right? They uh, build watertight dams made of wood and sticks and reeds, branches and saplings, cocked together with mud and rocks. But they don't just build dams. They also build lodges. Dome-like lodges are often constructed away from the shore, forming islands that can only be entered from the water. A lodge can have multiple underwater entrances with living quarters located in the top of the waterline. The walls are typically insulated, and a small air hole in the roof provides ventilation. The floor of the beaver's lodge is often covered in wood shavings to absorb moisture and provide a comfortable place to sleep. And one thing I came across is that they actually, um, their lips can be closed behind their front teeth so that while they're submerged, they can chew without choking on sawdust or water. This gives a, <laughs> oh, this, this place I was reading about gives a whole new meaning to the expression, my lips are sealed. That's not where I'm going with the question. <laughs> we know the expression, busy as a beaver. So my question to you is what alliteration would describe you? Okay, and I'll give you a second as you're thinking about that. Busy as a beaver. Uh, might, might be jolly as a Jeremy. Um, we have three J's in the group here and that, so I'm, I probably took that from somebody. Feel free to grab it. Darren, you're the only D. So maybe I'll, he's shaking his head. Maybe we can come up with one for Darren, Justin, John, you, John, you know, Darren, well, what do we got for D's for Darren? He's, he is, uh, I give him a determined. He's Darren's pretty oh, determined guy. Okay. He, he's That's re- good. He, I'll take determined. Like, Thank you. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Is, is it too kind? Should I try to find something? Yeah, yeah. it probably is. <laughs> I was going to go dour. 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 Darren. Yeah. Dour. Yeah. Not <laughs> dapper though. No. Ooh. Dap- oh. Dapper is it Darren? Well, I model my fashion after Darren. That's so I, he's pretty dapper in my mind. That's true. Justin, what do you got? You're, I took Jolly. I don't know. Ah, jokey. <laughs> Jovial. Jovial. That's even better. Jovial as a Justin. Over over to John. <laughs> I'm gonna we... go. Uh, I'm gonna go juggler. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Maybe it's the ADHD where I'm just on that. I'm on everything, doing everything at the same time. But I like to have lots of things going at the same time. So nice juggler, John. And maybe we, before we go, can we, based on what we know, how about for summer? What could we Ooh. say as a summer? Ooh. Oh, uh, saintly as a summer. Mm-hmm. I'd say oh. sleepy summer right now, but saintly summer. Yeah. She's pretty saintly. Um, oh, she, she can be sneaky. If I, if I'm looking okay. the wrong way, she, she is not supposed to eat anything off the floor or whatever. But if, if, if you, if she, she could, she could try to grab something quick when I'm not looking. Or enter rooms that she's not supposed to. So Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> hey, John, thank you so much. Darren, yeah, uh, attend you. our time together. Can you uh, yeah, share a blessing with us? This is one of those blessings that I came across and I feel terrible that I don't know where it came from. And I did a search today and couldn't find it. So it's somebody else's original. But I loved it. Um, so here we are. Nourished by the shepherd's abundant love, 
go forward to walk in the paths of righteousness, love one another in truth and in action. May God's abundant blessings abide in you forever. Amen. Amen. Stay encouraged, educators. We want to thank Christian Schools Canada for sponsoring the podcast. Please know that the views and opinions expressed on this podcast do not necessarily reflect the views of CSC, the schools of our guest, or any of our three regional organizations. Thanks for listening.